0: Again, for a conversation, uh, this morning we are going to have it with both Pastor Chris and Pastor Vicky, who enjoyed last week, who, whose notes looks, look like a couple of sentences. <laughs> i <I'll> scribble. <laughs> but I hope that you took something away, that something was imparted to you and you left different and feeling like you could make a change. And... Uh, We talked about last week about how the Bible points us to Jesus, how it guides our behaviour to do two things. It brings us closer to Jesus and it leads others to Jesus. You know, how how we conduct ourselves, it matters, doesn't it? It does matter. Our salvation isn't dependent upon it. But when Jesus comes into our life, we begin a journey with him ...to become more Christ-like. You and I become disciples of Jesus. And I'm so grateful that being a disciple isn't a lonesome journey, is it? God designed us to journey with Jesus in community. And this is what Pastor Chris and Pastor Vicky are so passionate about. About us becoming more like Jesus together... And so we've called this morning, "Why Community," and why don't you welcome them up this morning? <clears throat> Whew, there we go.
1: Not the comfy chair.
0: Got the comfy chair. Get the cushions ready. Don't sink back too far. Just <laughs> like oh, I think I could just have a little nap. No, I won't do that. So, this morning we're talking about. Everything, discipleship and community. And we did briefly – well, not briefly. We talked last week about Matthew 28, about that commission to go out into the world and make disciples from the, you know, the mouth of Jesus himself. So discipleship does involve every single believer, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: yeah. It, it, it involves everybody, every yes. one of us. Yes. yes. Do you want me to...? Yes, you yeah. go,
0: you go. Um, She's got her notes. So, oh, I mean, often
2: I think we get the idea that it's it's just for church ministers yeah. or just for those up the front or just yeah. for those in leadership. Mm-hmm. But it actually involves every single one of us. That's right. And um, <clears throat> it, it involves us going into our homes and mm. our workplaces and our communities, the places where we find... Ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever we find yeah. ourselves. And that's our harvest field. Mm. Right there. Mm. In wherever we find ourselves is our harvest field. Yeah. And God asks us to be um, the, the light in that place. Ash said this morning, how exactly. powerful was that? Exactly. What a powerful thought that image. when you said that. Yeah. God's onto it. He knows <laughs> um, where to be the salt. Yes. So we're, we're to bring some flavour wherever you know, we go. To wherever we go. Yeah. Um, and discipleship is actually essentially relationship. That's right. As you said. Mm-hmm. And and it involves relationship, first of all, with one another at church. And that's yes. where we grow. Yeah.
0: We discover our gifts. Exactly. We you know make friends with like-minded people. Isn't it incredible that we come from so many different… That's right. Backgrounds and upbringings, but we have this common purpose, and that's right. And that's identity, and that's Jesus. Yeah,
2: yeah. But then it involves us going out yes. as well. So discipleship involves us going out, and there we're more intentional. Yes. About what we do, and that's where we're to be the salt of the earth and the light to the world. Yeah, you're full time ministers. Exactly. Every, every, single, every one single one of us. Every single one of us. Yeah, exactly. Um, and. What else have I got here? Um, I think often we have this idea that, um, I don't know, we need some special skill or we need to be a particular person to yeah. to make disciples or to do what, what what God has called us to be to this world. Mm. And I think that's where people often get... Tripped up because we feel like, well, maybe I'm not a talker. I'm not really good at talking to yeah, people, or yeah, so maybe I'm not evangelist thing exactly. I don't talk. Exactly. Don't good at that, so. Or I'm not loud. Yeah. I'm a quiet person, yeah. or or I don't have any particular skill. Mm. But that mm. the whole thing about that is, is that every one of us is different, and that's we true. don't have to be anybody other than who we are mm. to make disciples.
0: Yes, that's a good point.
2: Who we are attracts people. Yes. Loud people attract loud people. <laughs> quiet people attract quiet people. That's right. People with a particular skill in a particular area attract others with that skill and you work together. Yes. So you only have to be who you are. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I find often in church life that I'll, I'll make comments to people that you did well in, in this particular area mm. or whatever. And they say that the comment's always the same. Yeah. Oh, it was nothing. I was just doing what I do. Yes. But that's the whole point, point. isn't it? That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's I how think God's created you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we think we have to be something and we've got to somehow work it up. But no, just be who you are, mm. but be aware of what you're doing. Yes. Yes. That's where that intentionality yeah, clicks in. So, you
0: know, our skill sets, our natural tendencies, our yep. giftings. God uses yep. all of that yep. to, in in. To work through us to reach
2: people. I I mean I have a really good example of that Mm. where some years ago um, Chris was doing some work for um, a particular business that that he was working for at the time. And uh, this um, guy rang him up and had had a really, really bad day. Mm. And everything had gone – there was a multitude of things that had gone wrong. Right. And he was at the end of his tether and he was about to blow his stack. Well, we've all and, been there, yeah. And And loo- he was not losing it. Not
1: at me, I might add.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not, not Chris at, hadn't done <laughs> anything wrong. Disclaimer. He was letting him know what a bad day he <laughs> yeah. had. But, but he said to Chris on the phone, I got to the point where I was about to lose it and I thought to myself, what would Chris do? Wow. <laughs> and I love we, it. We, love just it. About, we were like, really? really? <laughs> you actually thought that? <laughs> and, but that's how powerful the yeah. way that we behave. That's where our behaviour shapes Yeah. the example that we give. Mm.
1: Quite humbling, though. To At others. the moment he was telling me that, I thought I'd have lost it. But
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We're um, not perfect. <laughs> but but I mean, generally, you the example
2: Chris set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You talked about it last week and what would... Jesus Mm. do yes the bracelets the bracelets (laughs) but um but I mean that was a powerful moment and I Mm. think that's a moment that reminds each one of us just how important what we do what we say Mm. how we act how we how we are in the world affects others
0: and it and and it can be just something as simple as that that changed his day it changed his day that, that person's day and and we often talk about that sliding scale, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Of like moments that bring people closer to Jesus. Yeah. And what
2: a great example! It was moment, but powerful. Mm. It didn't because I think I mean that the, the thing is with that is that everything that we do should be leading people to Jesus. Mm. And so, if you think about it from that perspective, then before we speak, before we act, before we behave. Mm in a particular way yeah. we need to think is this behavior is this action is what i'm going to say next yeah going to draw people to jesus yes. or is it going to turn them away yes it's that because that's that's
0: discipleship right there yes yes and and someone has set that example for you exactly and you following them and, exactly. and paul often talks about follow me as i follow christ and
1: it's <laughs> got to be deeper than a slogan too one of the interesting yes. things that was because uh, they talked about the What Would Jesus Do bracelets
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that, that are, are a great inspiration for people, but it was interesting that the uh, reported reported that it was the most stolen item in their shop <laughs> um, by Christians.
2: <laughs> love um, it. Which is terrible. So
1: it's got to go a bit deeper than What Would Jesus Do bracelet so badly you're prepared to steal it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. And... Um, you know, it's it's all about that intentional, yep. like you said. It's yep. it's reminding ourselves, that, mm-hmm. you know, before we react, we choose mm-hmm. to respond, That's and right. we invite Jesus into Very that good. moment. So, Pastor Chris, um, during the week, we were talking about how the Bible helps us to do this, how it shapes what we do, what the Word of God, yeah, the role the Word of God has in all of this.
1: Um. This, for me, required somewhat of a paradigm shift um, in how I look at the the Bible. Um, I don't know, I I would think that for many of you, my experience of of salvation was quite similar uh, to yours, in that uh, I had an experience with God, with the Holy Spirit, I accepted Jesus, and and then I was told that it was important to read the Bible, (laughs) And I, I'd been an avid reader to that point. And so my idea of the Bible was you grabbed it, you started at page one and you read it to the end. And, and hopefully at the end you gave it a five-star rating on Amazon and said <laughs> that was a really good book. Um, and um, not that I actually did that, I will admit. Um, but who, who who had that sort of experience? There was an experience with God yeah. and then there was that... That taking up of of what it means to be a Christian. And part of that is to read your Bible. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I I was told that the important part of that was to actually have devotional time where you spent time alone uh, uh, praying and then reading the Word of God. Mm. And so I, I, and that's, and don't get me wrong, that's not a bad thing to do. But I grew up in that experience thinking that the Bible was a supplementary. aid to several different areas of my life. It gave me a a theological handle to uh, use to justify my faith. Uh, In in other words, it weaponised the Bible for me,
0: which is
1: (laughs) never a good thing. Uh, It enabled me to uh, find out um, some behavioural standards that I could follow. Mm. And it also enabled me to find lots of neat sayings that I could hang a devotional hat onto um, and and just, you know, find scriptures that, you know, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and, you know, it makes you feel good and, and, and stuff like this. And so I actually started my um, uh, walk with the word of God as a very personal experience, but also a fairly scattered one. There was nothing unifying behind that. And it wasn't until, and I hope this is not age-related because I think, hope that young people can grab this perhaps quicker than I ever did that the idea of theology is actually an important thing to study because um, knowing how the word of God was written why the word of God was written how it all came together that you know the time frame that the people behind all of these things are important to realize and, and to study and to look at and what I discovered in that was that The Old Testament and the New Testament were actually both a series of documents. In fact, it pays perhaps not to think of it as the Bible, because up until the invention of the printing press, there was no such thing as the Bible. There were scrolls of different books. And some people had lots of the scrolls. Some groups of Christians only had a few of the scrolls, and there was a lot of lending and back and forth and all this sort of thing. Mm. So, but the unifying thing of the Bible was that it was actually written, as Vicky mentioned yesterday, the Old Testament was written with the express purpose of pointing us towards our need for a Messiah. Yes, that's right. They didn't know who it was. Mm. But the New Testament, of course, reveals to us that the Messiah was Jesus. And every book of the New Testament actually points towards our need for Jesus and the need for the people around us. To Jesus and so that was the first important thing that that is why our scriptures are written the other reasons are all secondary and the second thing that I recognized from that is that both the New and the Old Testament again are written to communities yes. for communities to read together mm. this idea of private devotional time while a good thing is actually quite new in terms yes. of its importance in our lives and so the Bible actually comes to us as a community study um, process, yes. that we're actually called to, to come together to discuss the Word of God in community, to come to conclusions about the Word of God in community, and to actually become more deeply connected with the Word of God through that. Um, I, I grew up reading lots of science fiction books. I mean, Dan Brown was a favourite one of mine. I love the Da Vinci Code. Um, but one of the the interesting things about that is that it perpetuates the myth that spiritual enlightenment comes from personal study of a of a scripture or of a, something that reveals its secrets to you as a, as an individual mm. that other people can't have. Mm. And the Bible was not actually written for that. And a lot of Christians treat it that way. That As as you study the Bible as an individual and it reveals its secrets to you, it somehow makes you different from everybody else. And it does. It just makes you a loner. Um, Whereas the secrets of the Bible are actually meant to be... uh, they're, They're concealed for us to be revealed in community. That's it. And I think that's the secret as we... As we read the Bible as a community, as we come together in dinner parties, whatever form, Bible yes. study groups, whatever, even in church on a Sunday morning, our desire should be to learn, to share what we've learned, to discuss what we've learned, and to get revelation from other people yeah. as we learn it in yes, community, not in our, our prayer closets at home. Yes. Now, that's not to say stop doing that. Yeah, keep doing but
0: that. Keep doing that. <laughs> yeah.
1: But recognize that that's not what the Bible was written for. Right. Those, the, all, all the the stories of the Bible, the lessons of the Bible that uh, were written to communities, for communities to read together. Mm. And I think that's one of the important things that as we move forward, especially out of COVID, which has um, caused us to become a lot more insular and, and right. uh, uh, separated.
0: we used to we, doing we, a we, lot of things by ourselves. Yeah, you know, we need to, to find
1: a way to move forward and to reintegrate that that community biblical study into our future church lives
0: that's it that's it really good and when you think about it you know it's only up until recent times that everyone or the majority of people are literate you know people you know you think back then you know they were relying on people to read these letters uh to a group of people because you couldn't do it yourself and you were trusting in the messenger and then you'd discuss it and get around it and how, how would it grow you and how would it change the way you did things? And so it's so powerful to know that that's what the Bible was intended for.
1: And messengers were powerful, especially in the New Testament yes. because the people Paul sent out with his letters got to read the letters and actually because they'd been with Paul, they were the ones uh, who often got all the the naughty questions about, what do you think Paul meant by this? And, yeah. and I mean, they were naughty because even I think Peter, in his, one of his letters, talks about Paul and says, you know, a lot of people find Paul really difficult to understand and I'm with them.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so there is that. But uh, just as a side note, it's interesting that many of the messengers that Paul sent out, as his expert witnesses were women,
0: hmm. very.
1: So, you know that's an interesting concept. To, to uh, a lot of our, our tradition has been that women uh, should not be preaching the gospel uh, or in church. Um, but uh, if we actually look into what actually happened in the first century, uh, Paul himself had no such qualms.
0: No, we're reliable. Transmitters of information. <laughs> I like to think. <laughs> Interpreters of information, yes. Definitely
1: transmitters of information.
0: <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I think with Toby, I think I, I'm a pretty good interpreter as well. <laughs> um, so, at continuing on from that, let's talk about then how does the bible lead us to jesus you know if we have touched on the fact that it's more than just you know guidelines or a moral code or a book of rules how does how does this this book that we're meant to receive as a community as a people how does that lead us to jesus and christ likeness oh, i got a
1: sticky question oh. um, i think for the for the same in the same way that, that Vicky told that story about how somebody sort of imagined themselves in my shoes. The, the Bible gives us stories, uh, in part, and those stories are actually indicators, uh, to a large degree, of where, how far we can go on our own, and when we need Jesus. Uh, even things. There's a there's a simple story. David and Goliath, one of my favourite Old Testament stories, and and I've I've done this. I've I've preached on the the five stones you need to pick up from the stream bed to kill the giants in your life. Um, But the actual imagery in David and Goliath, for instance, it goes back to. It's the same imagery in Genesis one, where David is a representation of Adam. And the person he's coming up against happens to be wearing armour that looks like scales. What else has scales? A serpent. Serpents. And so the actual story of David and Goliath is a retelling of the Genesis story. Only David is a little more successful than Adam in that he does slay his giant. But he needs God to do it because he's actually been trained by God to do that. He gets to that point where he, his resources are small, his reliance on God is big. And he wins. So there's a lesson for us all. But later down in David's life, what happens is that David's resources become large, and God's influence becomes small, and he fails because he he loses that need for a Messiah. And I think for us, these are the lessons that the Bible teaches us. It's it's how in our daily life we can rely more on Jesus than we do on our own. I mean, there's, there's a great story uh, I'll tell a, a, a Vicky where she, she actually had to use this in a real life situation uh, where we had a member of one of our teams who was had, uh, let's say, attitude and uh, she came into uh, a situation late, um, and no, she wasn't on the worship team. Um, and Vicky decided that she needed to speak into this situation. So out the front of the church, she confronted this person. And this person went ballistic. I mean, I was in here. Uh, there was lots of noise going on, but we could hear out the front. There was a a screaming going on. Oh, dear. And I, I had no idea what was going on. But afterwards, what, what had happened was this, this person had, had lost it and said... and.
2: Lots of nasty things.
1: (laughs) Lots of nasty things. And Vicky stood there and she could feel her hackles rising because when you're attacked, who knows, your first reaction is to defend yourself and then go on the attack. Um, But at that moment, she thought, well, this person obviously has deeper problems than I I imagined. How would Jesus handle this? So in the middle of this screaming and ranting, she leaned forward and she hugged this person. (laughs) Very brave thing to do. (laughs) And immediately, this person dissolved into tears and wailed into Vicky's shoulder. Why aren't you angry with me? I'm yelling at you. Why aren't you yelling back? (laughs) And Vicky just said, because I love you. And I know that God loves you. And I want to be able to help. Mm. And that completely took away this person's anger. And, I mean, she was a sobbing mess for quite a while but it's that whole thing Vicky didn't do it in her strength she she could have given her advice she knew what the issues were she could have been wise and and but basically she she had to let herself become small and let Jesus rise in her because that's what this person needed and that's that's in the essence a lot of the stories of the bible lead us to the fact that Our own skills, our our own uh, propensity to make ourselves look good uh, is not what actually affects people. It's our ability to project the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that that, that we're actually learning from what Jesus taught us and not just parroting it to people in the hope that they'll come to church and get saved, that we're actually uh, fully committed to the cause of Christ.
2: Make make ourselves small so that... He can become big.
0: big. And Mm -hmm. we talked about that last week is that people's most immediate need is to feel the love of Jesus. And in that moment, that's what that woman needed to be reminded of first and foremost. We talked about patience and kindness and self-control. And in that moment, you had to saddle that, that had that self-control and go, okay, God, what do I do here? And it was responding in love. How powerful is that? And it's and we also talked during the week, we talked about the fact that in that and in look and how we view the Bible and how we how we conduct ourselves, it's not an extra, like you said, it's not an extra thing to do in the day. It's this fountain that overflows everything we do, allows us to be more Christ-like, and it, it it's not a list of, of tasks. It's a it's a flow. It's a river that flows.
1: It needs to be the source of our inspiration, not just another task to to help our inspiration in the day. Yeah.
2: And yeah. and I think we also said last week that um, the Bible's a can do book. Yes. I, if it was all so hard, then we'd never be able to do, any, do any of it. We right. can do what it asks us to do, but mm. we've got to we've got to lean into him yeah. to do some of it
0: yeah that's yep. right that's right so you know we love that so many of us are serving one another here this morning and and being in church is so important but more importantly it's it's that we are being the church right and that God has plans for us every single day. He has a purpose and it's grounded here in what we do together, how we read the Bible together, how we how we live together. And thank you so much for reminding of us that of us of that this morning. Sorry, I will get there eventually. And uh Pastor Vicky, why don't you lead us in prayer as we close and then we'll hand on to Pastor Chris for the next part of our service.
2: Yeah, we just We thank you, Lord, for everything that you are, for all that you are in our lives. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've left with us, that we can have you with us at every moment and every day, that you are always whispering in our ear, Lord. Um, We thank you that we have an ear to hear what it is that you would say. In any given moment. We thank you, Father, for your presence in our lives. We thank you for all that you are doing and for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' mighty name.
1: I just want to go back to that point uh, about the Word of God being something that leads us to this place where we recognise that we ourselves are not enough and that we need we need a Messiah and we know now that that Messiah is Jesus that we need. Um, I think, and, and that's just not a piece of information. You actually have to read the Bible to recognise this um, and you have to keep reading it. The Bible isn't, as I first thought, something you read from beginning to end and then you know it. It's actually designed as... Uh, partially is meditation literature um, and it is literature it has genres it, it's it's a miraculous um, text uh, there is something divine about it and yet there is something it was written by human beings and once you get that the revelation that comes from more more than just knowledge that it's a book about god it's a book about how we should act—it's a book about um, you know, uh, great things that encourage us That it's actually written to bring us closer to Jesus Christ. Then I think we look at all the other things we get out of the Bible differently, because we've got to look at—you know—if it—if it gives me a moral compass to to guide me. How does that? bring me closer to Jesus and how does that help me bring other people closer to Jesus and that actually leads you to quite a different conclusion that if you forgot about that and just said well this is a moral handbook so this gives me the right to tell people what to do because who knows sometimes that that doesn't bring other people closer to Jesus and so we need to have that in our mind that whatever whatever moral decision we make whatever rule we decide to follow Whatever we feel that the Bible is telling us to do, we need to have that overriding knowledge or revelation that if I'm going to follow this, this has got to be bringing me closer to Jesus and it's got to enable me to bring others closer to Jesus. And so, if you're here this morning and you feel quite distant from Jesus, or maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus at all, He's He's a figure that you've heard of. He's someone that you know that Christians believe in, but you don't have any personal relationship with him or, you've, or you, you have had a personal relationship, but you know that relationship is distant. Right, now I want, I want you to think about what you need, what you want from Jesus. What is in your mind, what is in your heart? that you need that only Jesus can give you. Now that might that might be a bit of a difficult question. That's not something that people, oh, I know what Jesus can give me. But I want you to think about it because the reason that we accept Jesus as our lord and savior is because we have come to a realization that there is something beyond ourselves. And we actually have to be humble enough to admit that we need to take that on board that we have reached the end of what we can do and yet we have recognised that there is more if you've reached the end of what you can do and you don't think there's more then Jesus can't do anything for you but if you're recognising that there's more than you can bring to your life then that's when you need to humble yourself and ask Jesus into your life because that's what it is it's an invitation Jesus never prods at you and says look you're doomed unless you accept me there's always an invitation you always have the option of refusal but to accept him is to accept a dimension to your life that you cannot provide on your own so can I ask everybody just to bow their heads for a moment and if you're here this morning and you've known Jesus, but you're feeling distant from him, or you're here and you've, you've never known Jesus, you've never accepted into your world an outside power who is more powerful than you are. And I want to give you that opportunity to do that this morning, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Saviour. To acknowledge Him as the Son of God. The Son of God who died for your sins and rose again so that you could have eternal life. If you want to accept Jesus back into your life, or perhaps to accept Him for the first time, while every head is bowed, every eye closed. If you'd just like to raise your hand so that I can see it, I'd love to pray a prayer with you to invite Jesus into your life. To enable you to take that step beyond yourself to accept him as a higher power in your life someone to follow someone to have faith in someone to believe in is there anybody here this morning you'd like to do that just raise your hand high so I can see it we can all pray together as a community because that's one of the things that The Bible encourages. It's not a personal relationship. It's actually acknowledging that you want to become part of the community of Christ. Let me pray for you all just before we close. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins. And I thank you that as we accept him as our Lord and our Saviour, our eyes are opened to previously impossible things that our hearts start a relationship with you Jesus and that we step through that door into a new life where you are in charge that you can become large we make room for you in our lives so that other people can see you in what we do. In your name, Jesus, we pray.
0: Amen.